Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Just welcome to church. It's so good to have everyone uh, in the house of God today. And if you're new or visiting, passing through, uh, just a massive welcome to you as well. We just hope that this morning you just really experienced the Thrive Hug. Um, and that really God just ministers to your heart while you're here as well. Um, we are excited in this season to be talking about purchasing this building. It's, uh, it's really, it's, it's, um, it's something we've been dreaming about. There's been prophetic words over this church for the last seven odd or eight years in regards to Thrive having its own family home. So we feel like we're really pursuing a word from God uh, in this. And we've uh, really, God's just spoken to us about this property over the last few years. Uh, years. And um, it's interesting, I was talking with another pastor in North Canterbury, um, and they are embarking on a building project. They already have the land uh, for it, and they have a goal um, to build a building on that land, and their, their, um, their budget for this is uh, $3.4 million dollars. And, and it's quite a lot of money, isn't it? And and and, um, and and so it was just so cool. He was sharing with me um, that they haven't actually taken up a building offering yet. They started with seven hundred thousand uh, dollars in the bank about this time last year, and uh, when they started talking with the church about it, and then um, over the year. $2 million has been given into the life of that church. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. They're a church about a third our size as well. And so there's just, um, you know, you have permission to be generous. I'm just, you know, just saying that um, we think that our target will be under $1.5 million. Um, this is some, we've just got some estimates at this stage, and that is to not only um, purchase this property, but to do some expansion work as well. And so we hope next Sunday, actually, we're going to be able to put some images on the big screen uh, just to show you what it conceptually could be looking. We're working with a, an architectural designer at the moment as well. And um, and so we, on the, on the um, expansion Sunday as well, we want to be able to put a brochure in your hand with a few more details as well about what we um, hope to do and about our our why. And if you've got any any uh, questions around this as well, make sure you talk to um, Edward once again, uh, <laughs> or anyone from the governance team uh, or trustees. We um, are just working towards just uh, really leaning in, like one thing, going, God, what are you, what are you saying? And then also uh, just doing some really good due diligence around this as well. It's, a, it's our hope that we'll be able to really increase the capacity of this auditorium. You know, there are 17 seats from wall to wall uh, across this. We currently have a capacity of around 180 seats where, where um, 180 seats, people can be seated comfortably. Uh, granted, in our Christmas production, uh, we had uh, over 550 different people in this auditorium. So we may have slightly breached our health and safety. No, <laughs> uh, but you know, we really jammed this out. Not everyone had, had a seat and, and that was really cool. So we're looking it, it just adding another about another nine rows. It doesn't sound like much, but it actually create, uh, creates room for a total of about 330 people in this auditorium, 
which is really amazing because then if we double that across a couple of services on a Sunday, that we get this real expansion um, and capacity for our church building. So that's why we've really settled on this property because we can do so much uh, uh, with it. And, and we, we love being center, uh, you know, in, in the central part of Rangiora as well. You know, and if one day we were to go and get a big hunk of land and just like, you know, build a church because we've got 10,000 people that have encountered Jesus, we're still like, we're still on that train as well, people. And we hope that we could still keep this location, run healing rooms, have a cafe, you know, like it's a youth outreach center. Like, why not just dream big? You know, that's like what we're, we've been, um, and, and just been encouraged to continue to do this year from random people is just you know, just dream big, just dream big, just dream big. So it's a, it's a really exciting time for us as a church. Um, over the last couple of times I've shared, I've just been sh- um, just making this statement that, you know, um, no matter what season of life we're in, God wants to encourage you, which is nice, isn't it? Like we all want encouragement. You know, we want fresh courage for our, for our walk. And then, but the other thing is, is that God wants to mature you. He wants to challenge you. He wants to inspire you and call you on out of your comfort zone into new ways of looking at life and doing life and responding to life around you, encouraging, encouragement. It's so nice maturing. It's so difficult at times, isn't it? Like, I don't know if anyone's read Hebrews chapter 12, and you know, it says that you've not yet resisted temptation to the point of shedding blood. It's like, whoa. And then God, he speaks into Hebrews chapter 12 in the context of a father in the midst of our suffering. And so he wants to draw us up. And I want to share a scripture today with you because you know, you could find this encouraging, but actually it's quite confrontational. I don't think I've ever read this scripture in, uh, from, on a Sunday morning. And, and, and you'll know this if I was to say the sheep and the goats. You'll know exactly where we're heading with this. It's from Matthew 25, uh, from the Passion Translation. It says this, When the Son of Man appears in His majestic glory, with all His angels by His side, He will take His seat on His throne of splendor. And all the nations will be gathered together before him. And like a shepherd who separates the sheep from the goats, he will separate all the people. The sheep he will put on the right side and the goats on his left. Then the king will turn to those on his right and say, You have a special place in my father's heart. Come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined for you from the foundation of the world. (laughs) Come on. For you, this is it. For when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you found me thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poorly clothed, you covered me. When I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. Then the godly will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or give you food or something to drink? And when did we see you with no place to stay and invite you in? And when did we see you poorly and clothed and and cover you? When did we see you sick and tenderly care for you or imprisoned and, and visit you? And then the king will answer you, don't you know? When you cared for the least of the, uh, the, the, the least important of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated love for me. Then to those on the left, the king will say, leave me, for you are under the curse of the eternal fire that has been destined for the devil and all his demons. Oh. 
For when you saw me hungry, you refused to give me food. And when you saw me thirsty, you refused to give me something to drink. And I had no place to stay. And you refused to take me in as your guest. When you saw me poorly clothed, you closed your hearts and would not cover me. When you saw I was sick, you did not lift a finger to help me. And when I was in prison, you never came and visited me. And then those on his left will say, Lord... When did we see you hungry or thirsty or not give you food and something to drink? When will we see you home, homeless or poorly clothed? And when did we see you sick and not help you or in prison and not visit you? Then he will answer them, didn't you know? When you refuse to help the, one of the least important amongst these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you refuse to help and honor me. Then they will depart from his presence and go into eternal punishment, but the godly and beloved sheep will enter into eternal bliss. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a heavy word, eh? But it's in the Bible, and that's what we're here to break open this morning. And I want to frame the context. We've got some interviews coming this morning. I want to frame this around this context from um, verse 40, when you cared for one of the least important of these, my little ones, you demonstrated love for me. Because Jesus is he's just actually urging us to connect with a world that is beyond our own. And those, those ones who would just be, you know, just normally completely off our radar those ones that we were just like, oh, man, I just, they're just not in my sphere. They're not, I don't think of these people. And, and for me, you know, this, this, I'm speaking to me this morning. You know, like who's least important to me? Jesus seems to be saying actually those who are least important, actually when you go to them, that you're going to me. <laughs> and, and he's not just asking us, to take a second look at life as it passes us by and we get inundated with news and bad news and it's almost, we can just get desensitized by all the stuff that is thrown in front of our lives and, and it's hard for us to just go out there and, and just save the world. But he's calling us to live with a posture of a compassionate heart for those who aren't noticed in society. And I, I just believe that we're called to be a church that is moved with the things that moves the heart of Jesus. And, and to be, you know, we're, we're talking about equipping the saints this year. And to be an equipped saint, I, I just think, it, just like I said, it's simply to care about the things that Jesus deeply cares about. That's what loving Christ looks like. And when we're doing that, we're following Jesus. The gospel has been given to us to give to others. And, and Matthew 28, the Great Commission, just makes it so, so clear. Jesus said, go to all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, disciple nations, train nations, challenge nations, bring transformation. That is essentially the gospel to go to the nations. And I want to invite Kat um, Kennedy up here this morning because she's recently led a, a team to Cambodia, which is awesome. So how about we just put our hands together? Hi, Kat. 
welcome to the stage. Thanks. How about you just turn to your neighbor and say, man, Jesus is still loves you. <laughs> like, like, just take some breaths. Like, whoo. I just felt the heavy. <laughs> like, Look, I'm not going to promise to make it lighter, Glenn. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> so cool. So introduction to Kat. If you don't know Kat, Kat's been a part of this church for like 15 odd mm. years now. I still remember the first night that Kat came to youth group. <laughs> Me too. And um, Kat was a part of our youth community. She led along in, in our part of our youth team for just years and years and years. And um, now she's married to Matt, has, has a child. Yeah. And potentially, uh, yeah, another yeah. on the way. That's, that's public information. <laughs> yeah. Another is on I'm the like, way. I can't <laughs> remember <laughs> that's what I'm going to say at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on Facebook, it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's get back to Cambodia. So yeah, you've, um, you've recently led that team to Cambodia. Yeah. And do you want to just share with us like a wow moment, something yeah, that absolutely. happens? Yeah, and yeah. Um, we took a team of 11 of us, including our four year old, and um, as happens with short-term missions, if you've ever been on one, you know that there are opportunities to have bundles of fun. There are opportunities to be deeply, deeply challenged. Um, but there's also incredible God appointments. There are divine appointments that you can't say or anything other than God. Um, and one of those um, appointments was we went to do devotions one night with the guys from Partnership Cambodia. So that's the organization that Jeff McGregor leads. Um, and if you haven't heard about Julie and Jeff, come and talk to me because you need to know about them. Um, so they lead Partnership Cambodia. And these guys, are sort of they do a lot of mentorship and things. So one of the guys in the organization, his wife, her name is Nadi, um, she was sharing a bit of her story, a bit of her testimony, a bit of the journey she's on. Um, and it fully wrecked our team because she has been diagnosed with cancer. It's, um, it's rough. They're, they're in a bit of a rough state. Um, she's about to undertake six months of chemotherapy and treatment for her cancer. Um, and she has an incredible heart for women's ministry. She is bound and determined that she is um, going to spend her time um, equipping, empowering, and loving women and bringing them closer to Jesus. So what she said to our team was even if she dies, she will spend every minute that God has given her to bring people closer to Jesus. E even in, in her chemo, in her treatment. Um, and that really shook us and inspired us. We were able to pray with the whole crew and, uh, and we thought, what can we practically do? And this is where I get to say a massive thank you to all of you because from our fundraising, our quiz nights, our sausage sizzles, the random donations, all of those things, from all that, we were able to actually fund half of the support that Nadi needs for her chemo treatment. So we were able to fund, they need home help, they need support, um, and we were able to fund that from your donations. So thank you. Yeah. So good. Now, you've had a passion for Cambodia for mm. a number of years, and I just wonder if you just share with you know, us today, what was it that unlocked your heart mm. for Cambodia? I yeah. presume, like, you know, it, it wasn't unlocked, and then suddenly, yeah, yeah. whoa. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely been a journey. I've had missions on my heart for a long time, but I always thought that was um, in a different part of the world. I thought, that's where I'm going. Like, that's what I'm working towards. And then Chris led a team um, in 2011 um, to Cambodia. And when the team came back, uh, Matt and I were engaged, and Matt said, when the team was sharing, I think we need to go on the next trip. And I said, no, <laughs> that's, that's not where God has called me. Um, I've got somewhere else in mind. And, um, but I thought about it and decided like, hey, we're getting married. I probably need to actually like let my husband kind of like 
inform some of our God decisions. It's not actually just me that gets to make decisions anymore. Um, and, uh, and I said, look, if, if you feel this is on your heart, like if, if you're saying yes to Cambodia, I'll say yes with you. Um, and we went the following year and straight away we were totally wrecked. It was evident within that first trip that our commitment to Cambodia was not just one trip or one experience, but this is actually something that God has called us to and, um, and shaken us up for. Um, and yeah, it's been a journey ever since. So that was 2012 was our first trip. And this last, uh, just getting back was my fifth trip. So yeah. Very cool. Isn't yeah. that awesome? Yeah. What would you say to us when we're like, well, I don't, I haven't had a word from the Lord. Yeah, you know, totally. like how, how would you, you know, how would you frame us becoming activated? Um, I would say you have had a word from the Lord. Um, it's in the great commission. It's in the word. He says, go. Yeah. Um, now, that doesn't mean necessarily that Cambodia is the place for you. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, international missions, like, yes, he does say go into all the nations, but this is also a nation. So it might be that you're called to this yeah. place, and that is equally awesome. Yeah. Um, the point is that you are called and you are equipped. Um, he doesn't um, send the equips, he equi the equipped, he equips the sent. Um, so uh, yeah. what I'd encourage you to do is ask him to break your heart for what breaks his. Mm. Like he yeah. already has passions for you um, that you may or may not have aligned yourself with or noticed, um, but ask him and he will, he will, he'll, he'll get you ready. <laughs> Yeah, well, and you sort of answered this question as well, but, you know, how how can we engage with mm. local and international injustices? Yeah. Like, what would you say around that? Yeah, that it's actually quite a big topic that we could spend a lot of time in, but in brief, um, find out, so what, what are your passions? What are you aware of? Are there seniors lonely in our community? Go and love them. Are there, you know, do you see the rowdy youth that are making trouble? Go and hang out with them. Go go to the skate park or engage with Mitch and Liz and say, like, who are your youth that needs someone alongside them? Like, engage in your community. Engage in what's happening here. If, you know, if young mums your passion, go find some. Hang out with them. Love them. See what they need. Um, you know, one of the things that we continuously learn in Cambodia, and it's, it's always a real challenge for the team members, um, that we have to engage ourselves as learners. We can't go as the expert. Yeah. Um, you may be an expert in whatever your field is, but that doesn't mean you're an expert in that person's world. Mm. Um, so humble yourself, mm. ask questions. There are so many organizations, nationally and internationally, that are already engaging with the community, already engaging with people in need. Um, go and talk to them, find out what they need, and make yourself curious about their needs. Ask God, what is, what, what's your heart for this person? What can I do to love yeah. this person? Um, we continuously find uh, amazing stories about well-intentioned um, initiatives that aren't actually ultimately the right choice. And that's a really heavy and hard thing for us as a team. Yeah. You know, um, Kevin uh, from Man for Life in Cambodia, he shares a story about um, how he saw a need, an urgent need, um, and he just, he went and did it. He rallied the troops that were his um, main fundraisers in Canada, and he funded uh, some support for a community, and then he went away and came back, and the resources he'd fundraised for had been almost completely sold off, because the thing was, what he saw as an urgent need was not feeding the family. Um, so rather than assuming we think the answer to homelessness is blah, 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 or the answer to... Um, social insecurity is blah 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 actually don't assume you know humble yourself and I know that's really heavy and I'm not 
you know, trying to call you out for anything you're already doing, um, but remember to ask questions. Yeah. Um, and that's locally yeah. and internationally. Yeah, yeah when, we were, when we were um, over there, I was there a couple of years, we went and visited a village that was mm. close, well, a, a load of homes that was close to Manor for Life, and they actually mm. sat there empty yep. because they were built well intentionally, but not actually in the Cambodian style That's of right. filmmaking. And most of them still are yeah. empty. We saw yeah. them too. <laughs> um, just finally as well, um, did, there was a fire mm. um, while you were there yeah. at that village. Well, I yeah. think we've got an illustration, uh, well, illustration, yeah. a photo yeah. of um, of what happened. Yeah. And did you want to just... just let the church know yeah, about what you're doing? Absolutely. So um, where we were, um, you would have seen a couple of photos along the way um, with the children that were actually, like we were literally standing on that land in the morning playing games and, um, you know, blessing the, the teachers and things that work with these children. And um, we went away to go and do something else for lunch. And while we we're having lunch, Kevin and Lek and I got a phone call saying there's a fire. And they thought, okay, like, you know, a farmer must be burning off their field, and a little bit came into ours. All right, you know that's that's fine. No, no huge drama. Um, and then Kevin was like, oh, "I'll go and just check it out to be certain." Got there, and like hectares had been burned. Um, and uh, and we, we stood on the black grass where that morning it was brown, <laughs> it was dry, but it was where we were playing. Um, now we are so thankful that no one got seriously hurt. Some of the people who were putting out the fire got minor injuries, um, but no one was seriously hurt. None of the homes were affected. Um, and the, um, yeah, it was just amazing to see that while something horrible happened, God also protected people. Um, and uh, what they are now facing is, you can't see it in this photo, but there's a lot of fencing that protects the land, keeps uh, neighboring farmers' cattle out, that sort of thing. Um, and that fencing got very, very badly damaged doesn't sound like a big deal but actually it's still really expensive and if you're a farmer or you have lots of land you know how expensive it is to put fencing in here it's about as expensive in Cambodia as it is here which most things are not so um, we were able to um, pull again from your fundraising as well as our personal funds um, a contribution towards getting the fencing repaired but we are I've got to give a little page that if you would like to contribute to the repair of this fencing um, because the fact of the matter is them paying for fence repair, uh, that's funds that right now is educating children. And they desperately don't want to pull funds from uh, educating children. Uh, they've got 90 children that are in their school, um, or in, in a, a local school, and that they're supporting. And um, yeah, if you want to contribute to that, um, let me know. I can send you a link. Um, every little bit is going to count, but we're actually looking at raising about $2,300 to finish the fence repairs. Awesome. Thank you, Kat. Hey, That's if fine. you went to Cambodia as part of Kat's team, do you want to just stand stand up right now? Stand up. There we go. How about we just put our hands together, church, just for all these guys and for Kat for leading that team. Well done. Thanks for coming and cheering this morning. Yeah, so good. So good. Yeah, just... Shortly, I'm just going to invite um, Chris O'Brien to come up as well, and um, I'm going to interview him, and I just want to share this verse um, from Isaiah 58. Um, is this, uh, is, yeah, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. 
Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. You know, church, we, I just wanted to say that, that, that we are a church that sees the chains of injustice broken. And, and if, you're, if you're seeing stuff in your world uh, I, that you feel is so unjust, like heaven is seeing that injustice and is partnering with you. And we believe that we're called to be known in our region as a place of hope, healing, restoration, where the lost are found and miracles are actually happening. Where, you know, people who are mentally and emotionally locked down receive freedom and healing. We're all about transformation. That's the last of our, fourth, uh, of our four values is transformation because he leads us to transformation. And we're here to see a community transformed. And one of the groups that fit into, you know, that category of uh, of caring for the least in our community is that of the unborn child. And you might not have an opinion that you have kind of, you know, formalized um, in regards to, you know, the pro-life movement. And there are a lot of different viewpoints out there. And there's also a lot of emotion um, around this topic. But, you know, our concern as a church is to actually protect the sanctity of life and to fight for life, essentially. And so this morning, though, and, um, as we do this next interview, there's no way that we want to bring any condemnation to anyone here today, but we just can't sweep this conversation under the carpet as well. You know, the church is a great space to be able to talk about these issues. So I just want to um, introduce Chris O'Brien and welcome Chris up. How about we just, uh, just stand to our feet and just put our hands together for Chris, have a stretch as well. Welcome, Chris. Now, Chris is an awesome man, by the way. To just stay standing, Chris. Chris is here every Monday in this building, actually, actually, um, as a part of the Step Ahead's organisation. Step Ahead Trust. Step Ahead yes, Trust. Fact, I feel I've been part of your church for That's 10 years. That's right, now. yeah. And um, do you want to just tell the church very quickly, what does that do? What's, um, what is Step Ahead Trust is a mental health trust who um, is involved with rehabilitation through activity. We're not uh, residence-based. We're just a solely a uh, an activities-based trust, and we do virtually everything in this, under the sun, from tramping right through to crafts, through swimming, gym, every mm. everything conceivable. Men's trips, group That's men's awesome. groups, women's groups. We do Mondays. We come up here. Wednesdays we're in the hall at Memorial Hall. Yeah. So two outreaches, if you like. And yeah. you got this group's been meeting here for like ten to twelve to fifteen years. Or yeah, so, so I've been there years. about nine, just yeah, nine. Yeah. So yeah, coming up. So I've just asked you to stay standing because I want to pray with Chris um, this morning. Um, his wife actually had a heart operation. Uh, was it just last week? Wednesday. On yeah. Wednesday? Yeah. And so it's awesome that Chris could be with us because she's, uh, she's still requiring pretty close Def definitely, support as definitely, well. Yeah. And so we're going to pray uh, for her, uh, her recovery. And, um, yeah, so let's, let's just do that this morning. I just want a hand on you. Let's just stretch out a hand towards Chris. Yeah. Jesus, we just, we just thank you for – what's her name? 
uh, Janet. For Janet. Yeah, we just thank you for Janet right now, God. And we just release healing over here. We just thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit, being around here and ministering to her. God, we just bless her. We bless her heart. We just pray that her heart would function well and strong and in rhythm and time and everything that has been operated on. We just, uh, we just call into a, a fast healing. We just bless her. We bless her spirit. We just call her spirit to life as well in this next season. We declare salvation yes, and Lord. joy over her life, Father. We just, we just bless her in Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Glenn. No Thank worries. You. So um, we're actually praying, and you said I could mention this, we're actually praying for Janet's salvation as well. Chris has been a Christian for 30 years, and um, so we're just praying for her, her salvation you. as well. So um, Chris has been a part of the pro-life movement now for 20 years, uh, voluntary. And um, at times he was sharing with me, it's just like, it's been, it's been like a long journey and at times you've wanted to lay it down, but it's for you, you just said to me, it's just like the Holy Spirit just actually wouldn't, wouldn't let it go from you. And so this has been your, your journey for the last 20 uh, years. And, and I just want to ask you, you know, what, what's compelled you to respond and be involved with the pro-life movement? Um, thank you, Glenn. Yeah, um, I think... I seem to have always had a bit of a heart for the underdog. And um, after I'd been a Christian 10 years and I moved down to Christchurch from the North Island, I became aware of an organisation called Right to Life. And that was just uh, over 20 years ago. And something drew me in there. And, yeah, I I guess I've always just had a a burden for the unborn. Yeah, Um, And I, I just feel that there is such an injustice um, in our society with regard to the unborn. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you, as you said, it's something that it, it's not an easy... I, I look on it as a ministry, um, and it's not an easy thing, mm. um, especially being a man in some respects. You know, you get a lot of flack um, yeah. saying, what right have you got to mm. talk about that? But, yeah, um, I, I really don't know, but I, I, I believe it's a ministry the Lord has given me. And um, as you said before, um, we've got to be very careful that there is no condemnation. Mm. Um, and I think, um, I guess what I feel uh, it drives it is, is Proverbs, uh, scriptures like Proverbs 24, 11 and 12, which mm. well, 11 says, um, rescue those being led away to death. Um, and right through the Bible, we, 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 um, God has, I believe that God has such a heart for the little guy. Mm. And God doesn't make any junk. Mm. And every single life that he creates is precious and unique mm. to, his, uh, to yeah. his purposes. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's probably one, some of the things that, that, that have made, kept me involved. Yeah. 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 Um, something else that we talked about, you know, that, that the pro-life movement is not just about creating um, legislation and, and rules as such, but actually... There's a real holistic viewpoint that you guys carry for both child and and the mum as well. Yeah. Yes, I think um, I think with abortion there there are two victims: there's the unborn child, um, but there is mm. also the mother. Who, um, yeah. So I think it's important um, that the whole pro-life movement. It's not just good enough for the pro-life movement to be 
fighting for, uh, you know, legislation, but I think we need to also be looking at ways in which mm. um, abortion becomes not only illegal but unthinkable, mm. and that means putting the support behind yeah. the structures, and I think the church has an extremely important part to play in that, and I yeah. think it does. Yeah. yeah. And what would you say is, you know, wrong with the um, current proposed legislation? Okay. Um, so the abortion legislation bill, as you're probably aware, has gone through its second reading. Uh, it looks like it's going to be going through its third reading, and unless God moves and there's a miracle, um, it will be passed on Tuesday, Tuesday night probably. Um, there's still about 21 MPs to have shift. Um, we've been working hard with other organisations on that. The problem really with the current legislation is that it completely removes the protections for the unborn child. It makes it, it takes it out of the legislation which actually gives at least some protection to there being absolutely none. It makes it a health or a reproductive health matter for women. Uh, basically under the old act, up to 20 weeks, um, an abortion was allowed if it was going to seriously impact the, um, the mental health or the physical health of the mother. Um, 13,500 abortions a year at this stage, 98% um, of them, those done on mental health grounds. Um, the current legislation means that uh, an abortion will be allowed for any reason up to 20 weeks. Uh, no reason at all, it doesn't matter, you can just do it. Um, uh, another thing wrong with the, 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 the comparison between the current legislation and the legislation that we've got now under the abortion legislation bill is that from 20 weeks up to birth, effectively, there is really no protection. Um, 20 weeks onwards, currently, um, the only reason an abortion will be authorised is if it has uh, the life of the mother is endangered or if... Um, there is going to be a, a serious permanent um, effect on the woman's mental or physical health. R up to, in the current legislation, um, the abortion up to birth is going to be allowed if it's appropriate. Mm. Now, appropriate hasn't been defined. There's been no... Mm. There's no actually... It, it's just so loose. It might be that someone is afraid of childbirth. It's as loose as that. Mm. Now, there are about six or seven other reasons, and I'll just... Can I very quickly go through those? Mm. Um, Okay, so uh, an another one is that there will be now no licensing of um, medical facilities. Um, medical abortions or chemical abortions will be allowed um, up to 20 weeks. Um, there'll be nothing to stop um, a school nurse, for instance, giving um, the abortion um, medication to a, a children to a child at school. Um, there'll be no. There are no protections or safeguards for coercion. We know that many, many women, are, is abortion is not what they really want. They, they are being coerced into it by other people in their lives. There'll be nothing to protect them from that. There'll be no protections for disability. Um, at the moment, um, post 20 weeks, disability is not a ground for abortion. We know that the, uh, the Prime Minister assured us that um, disability would be protected. It's not going to be, there are no provisions. Um, there's going to be no provisions for safe sex, uh, for, for uh, sex-selective abortions, and we know that's actually taking place in certain parts of our community. There's going to be uh, no... The, another problem with the current legislation is the um, safe zones around... Uh, there's provision in the current bill uh, for uh, people to be kept away, 150 metres away. So if you are silently protesting, if you are silently praying, 
that could be considered a matter of harassment and you could be arrested. Um, as far as health professionals go, um, there are serious concerns about um, hiring and firing. Um, under the new legislation, a doctor or a health professional who does not wish to be involved with abortion or refer on must do so. So they're actually complicit in part with that abortion. Um, and hiring and firing uh, of medical people will be a big problem because if the hirer believes that the person that they're looking at is not willing to do abortions, they can easily say, well, that's going to affect my employment, therefore I'm not going to employ them or I'm going to fire them. Um, uh, there are other, other things that uh, the bill is... We know that most people in New Zealand um, don't approve of the, the government's legislation. We know that six, uh, our polling shows 65% of people don't approve of this bill. They don't want to see it. And we know that 90% of those who made submissions to the Health Select Committee um, opposed the bill. So we believe that the, the, the way the government is writing this through, um, in fact, ramming it through, when there are far more important things on the agenda, they want it out of the way. They want it out of the way fast so that it's not going to impact on the, um, on the election. Um, 91% of um, submissions to the Abortion Select Committee, they're completely ignored, okay, all of the concerns. Now, what, what's happening is that um, the pro-life MPs in Parliament, and they really need your prayers too, those that are standing up for life and family values in Parliament are really getting a hard time um, from their colleagues, and um, they really need your prayers. But there's a number of amendments or supplementary order papers that are being brought by MPs like Simon O'Connor and um, uh, Alfred Naro is another one, um, Paolo Garcia, good, really good people. Um, they're fighting hard and it's breaking their hearts, but um, the supplementary order papers that they're looking at are to do with pulling back some of the more draconian, if you like, um, aspects of, of the bill. Yeah. So there's a March for Life coming up in a uh, couple of weeks. Um, yes, why would is. you say being a part of that is important? And how does being activated um, make a difference for mums of, of our, for our society, really? Sorry, what was the last question? How does um, being activated make a difference for mothers and the unborn? Yeah, um, well, I, I, I think that... I think we need to show the government that, that the church, particularly the body, um, is, is opposed to this. And I think we need to get behind this march. Well, I'd like to think that as many people as possible can come along to this march. It's a family-friendly event. We're not going to be showing graphic pictures. Um, I think it's a way of standing up and actually saying to, and saying to the country that we value our unborn and we value mothers. And I think that's the most important thing. I think um, the march will be from the square um, and, and it will move um, peacefully through to North Hagley Park. There'll be speakers um, both at the square and at, at Hagley as well. Um, we're also um, really, really, I think it's very important that um, we get on board um, more people to help with this issue, um, especially young people. We're really looking for young people to join. There are lots of pro-life organisations in New Zealand and really we're looking for people to get behind this. Um, 
Right to Life, um, which is the organisation I belong to, um, is hoping to run training programs through um, a course called Activate, which is under a guy called Brendan Malone. We're hoping to bring him in to train, and he's been doing that right across the country for the last few years. Yeah. Awesome. We could talk about this a lot more. There's a lot more to be said. Um, but, yeah, let's just put our hands together for Chris and the fantastic work that you're doing with Right for Life. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Glenn. Sorry to just keep things moving. We've just got um, children coming back, I can hear, as well. Um, so I just want to introduce you really quickly to someone amazing who was a part of Thrive... Um, she was not a pastor, um, but she pioneered Rachel's house. Um, her name's Sue Moffat. I think we've got a graphic up there of her. Um, and so this is a local initiative that has been practically supporting young mums for the last 15 to 20 years. And this is, you know, loving for, caring, and, and advocating for young uh, mums. So, you know, as a church, we have a history of supporting Rachel's House. We have a couple of people who are in this church, uh, Tara Lubbers and um, Kathy Linton, and they both work for Rachel's House. And so we just want to encourage you. You don't have to hold a microphone, you know, or have a title to stand up for something and do something about injustice. Um, and we want to encourage you and, and call you up uh, in this season, can, can I just grab the band up now? That'd be, that'd be just awesome. Um, it's all about revealing the heart of Christ to this world. That's what we really wanted to bring this morning with these interviews: is that we are called to bring the heart of Christ. That is restoration. That is freedom. That is a voice for those that don't have a voice. God wants to empower us to love others, you know? How about we just stand right now? Maybe um, just some, you've been challenged this morning. Um, and maybe God's just triggering something in your heart, or maybe you're feeling, you know, like a mixture of guilt and like, what can I do? Um, this was certainly not a, a Sunday to just kind of bring any form of like, I feel powerless, I don't know what to do, because we have the Holy Spirit with us who wants to guide us and lead us in the way that we should go. So I just want to lead everyone in a prayer just before we worship, just, just saying, God, just activate me, show me where I can go and how I can respond in this season. So let's just, let's just pray together in this moment. Holy Spirit, we just give you thanks right now for your presence. We just give you thanks for your presence and we just say, come Lord. Just come Holy Spirit. Just come Holy Spirit. Just come Holy Spirit. Just come Holy Spirit. Just transform our hearts, transform our lives, transform our vision. We just thank you, Father, that you have a vision for this region. Being a location that attracts life. God, you have a vision for families living free. Living equipped, living joy-filled, God. 
And we just pray now for the, for the least of these in our world. God, we just pray, Father, for those who are fighting for the, for the unborn, God. We just pray that you would strengthen them and give them wisdom uh, at this time, God. We just pray for turnaround moments in our parliament, God. We just pray your blessing over the government, Lord, and your favor and your wisdom, God. Lord, we call new politicians in. We call favor around those who are advocating for life, God. We just pray your blessing over Chris and our local team leading that voice, Lord, leading that ministry and just bless and empower them today, God. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 